So what's up? Um, a lot. I just came back from Australia. Oh, hell yes. Tell us about your time in the Oz. I got to pet all of the major Australian animals that there are. Oh, crikey. Did you pet a koala, mate? Yes, mate. I am so jealous. They are, they have soft fur like a sheep's wool. I'm gonna cry. (laughs) I I figured they were soft, but I didn't know they were that soft. Yeah, they are good they their fur is like a little bit greasy the same way a sheep's wool is a little bit greasy because it gets the rain off of their skin or their fur rather oh baby um i also got to pet probably like 50 kangaroos holy shit that's so many because the thing about it is that they just let them like one run wild in the zoos and on the reserves because when they grow up um, on reserves, they don't like have the same instincts as wild kangaroos. Because a kangaroo in the wild will fight you. Like you can get into a fist fight with a kangaroo. Um, but yeah, but the kangaroos in the reserves, they like most of the food that they get is from people hand feeding them. So they just like will walk right up to you and be like, "Hey, can I have some?" And you'll be like, absolutely. And then you can pet them. And they're just super into it. Oh, I need to go back on your timeline because I I probably missed a lot of your kangaroo posting because I was asleep. I did. They are very good and very nothing. I've got nothing remotely as interesting as that. How long were you there? A week? Um, About three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose if you're going to go to Australia, like three weeks is definitely the time to go. Yeah, so we went... um, I went to, like, Adelaide first, and we went to a zoo there, and then the last few weeks we went to Tasmania and stayed with did another group devil? of family. I did, yeah. I pet wow. one. Did uh, he spin around like a whirlybird? Um, well, they kind of, like, go in circles sometimes, but not the way the titular Taz does. Um, <laughs> they are... They are very cute and fun, but also, like, when they get old, they get really ugly, because they, they're, like, they, like, gnash at each other, because it's just kind of, like, what they do. Um, actually, the, um, the, like, female ones gnash at the male ones, because the male ones will, like, trap them in their burrows when they decide that they're their mate. Something like that. It's weird. Look it up. Um, yeah, I will. But yeah, so I have um, pictures of there is a, a devil retirement home where they keep all the really old ones and they have like really nasty looking tails and faces and they just kind of sleep. And huh. the younger ones, their ears glow red because so much heat goes into their ears because of their blood. Oh, so they have like little glowing. <laughs> they get devil horns. Yes, they get they get steamed in their that is the oh my god yes and they uh, this is the fear this is the fear baiting nature hour we didn't watch a movie is. this week we didn't so watch a movie gonna, we just watched we're just gonna have Alec talk about yep recordings Alec is going to talk friends. about all their time with yes with the uh, with the Australian wildlife it was pretty good um, and that that was the the major things of going to Australia was getting to pet a wombat which is my favorite. Australian animal, um, and maybe just my favorite animal in general, a koala, a 
uh, Tasmanian devil, which I only got to pet it a little bit because they are called devils for a reason. Um, and <laughs> a bunch of kangaroos. Uh, Hell yes. Too many kangaroos. But yeah. So that was that. That's good. Um, what a good what a good weekend. It was well, it was a little more than a well, weekend. Well, not a weekend. Why did, I say, why did I say weekend? I mean, I'm sure one of the days I went to the zoo was on a weekend. I don't really remember. Um, but yeah, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, I don't. Nothing really. I I broke my leg, and that was the big thing a couple of weeks ago. But like, yeah, leg still broken. Leg status broke. Nice. I mean, not nice. But still. Alright. Should we get into the movie now? Let me see. Well, let me see what I got. Did I get up to, did I get up to like, anything this week? Uh, you know what's funny? No, I didn't. Hmm. I, I just kind of worked a lot, and then I went to my girlfriend's last night. That's always good. It, it was a fun time. Is there any news in the horror movie? Well, or hold game on. World? We have we have to no. We have we haven't even done the t- we haven't even done the credits yet. The, the, the title. We haven't even done like the intro theme. Oh yet. no! I'm sorry. I messed it all up. Oh no! You you're banned. <laughs> uh, let's check up upcoming horror movie. Well, no. Okay, I'm gonna pull that up and then now theme song. Yay. star review on Trivago oh, no. <laughs> podcast of all time. <laughs> I, I am, as always, bad. your host, your host, Lulu slash Sarah. And jo- Sarah is a name I'm trying out. I, yes. I like the it. Uh, then joining us for the third time, now having collected the whole set of things, it's Alec. It's Alec, me. say hello. 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 So, Alec, we've had Alec on before, and last time Alec was on, it was both of us. And the time before that, Alec was only on with Blair. And now it's just me. So Alec has collected the whole set. Yes, I'm the best I think, I think, Sa- I think Seda probably has done that too. Dang it. Well, I have to kill Seda now. I can. There can only be one. Seda is... You can't kill Seda. Seda is a fairy sprite that has been... That, a fairy ghost sprite that has been enlisted to just cause chaos on the, on the line that is true so you can't kill you can't kill an idea ideas are bulletproof god <laughs> i just i can't i can't hear that without thinking of that one comment yell at black people and yeah. yell at black people and on the internet. That's one of my exactly all time i they're not related in any way other than like i saw them a lot at the same time like around mm-hmm. the same time like i saw that image a lot and i saw the image of um silent hill 2 james sutherland looking at a doghouse saying it's a doghouse but there's no dog and like a zombie yes. dog is like flying in from off screen to attack him extremely good i love all yeah. the memes all the memes are extremely good 
Just kidding. Only some of the memes are good. Many of the memes right. are bad. What's All your right, favorite see. worst meme? My favorite worst meme... I mean, like, there are, like, some... Like, if there are worst... Are you saying, like, meme that I think is, like, lowbrow? It like means meme whatever that... you feel it means. I think my favorite meme that just makes me groan like a motherfucker is, you know, I had to do it to him. Every yeah. time I see that meme, I'm like, oh, God fucking damn it. It's a good one. I think yeah. my favorite worst meme is probably Dicks Out for Harambe. Oh, I hate that one. Yeah. I don't know why, but it does get me a little bit of a chuckle. <laughs> I just like the cadence of it, you know? I, I like the vibe where the person was like, Dicks out for Harambe. I said, Dicks out for Harambe. Okay, I like the vine with the person. This is what we're doing now. With the person who says, 50% off of Gorilla Glue, more like discount for Harambe. (laughs) (laughs) And then she just looks at the camera like she's dying. (laughs) It's extremely good. Oh my god, was that a Left at London vine? Because that sounded like a Left at London vine. I'm pretty sure it was. (laughs) Second best Left at London, a third best behind I'm Gonna Crunch, I'm Gonna Munch, and oh yeah. In! Oh god, that was her? <laughs> yeah, that was her! Okay, she's the best. Nat is now. an inspiration. Nat is an inspiration. I want more content from Nat. Nat's videos are so fucking good. Absolutely. When, when is Le- when is At Left at London going to be on our podcast? I'm going to tweet that. Please. Real quick, hold on. Get me off the podcast now and get her on the podcast. Important research. Alright, I'm tweeting that. Good. Okay. More like discount for Harambe. I absolutely love it. Okay, so what's our next step here? It is upcoming horror movies. Yeah. Uh, any news in gay? Uh, hey, transgender people are now a legally protect- protected class. So fuck yeah. That's good. I'm not entirely sure what that means, but I'm. Gl- it sounds. Good. I'm not either, but it sounds <laughs> good. Uh, like because uh trump tried to ban us from the military for so much on so many occasions which yeah. don't get me wrong military bad and i don't think exactly should really be wanting to join it but yeah. um but some trans people still... need to join it in order to make money and survive and that's why they should yeah, be kicked but, out but also like uh yeah. fucking motherfucking uh uh fucking like um you know, it can be it can be a bad thing to join, but also like still be a discriminatory act against trans people on a massive scale. But anyways, yeah. they they Trump hated they, Trump tried it too many times, and then Lambda legal team was able to be like, nope, this is law. We are we now we are love and protect all trans. True. Welcome to the resistance. Yeet. God. Okay. Welcome to the resistance, Trump. You got us all. You got us all protected. Nice. Uh, let's see what's up. What's new on upcoming horror movies? Uh, apparently, uh, Truth or Dare came out, and I'm less. I want there to be just like a movie that looks that bad, but is like it's fun bad. Yeah. Like, like I've been disappointed by that, by Wish Upon. Like every time something comes out that promises me like Final Destination ass deaths that deaths that is not Final Destination, I need to just like completely temper my expectations because it never, never, never does anything that I care about. Yeah, absolutely. Um. It Chapter 2, James McAvoy and Bill Hader are in talks to join the cast. Oh. I don't know much about those people. Well, Bill Hader is, you know, he's the SNL guy. The one one Mm -hmm. who's really tall 
And sounds like he has like a thin a film of milk over his like uh, over his like voice box where he kind of talks a little bit like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um James McAvoy, that was James He's McElmore. on the blacklist? I think he's on the blacklist. Hmm. No. I'm thinking of someone else. The, James McAvoy is a handsome boy. James McElmore. Yep. He vo- he did voice work for in Nomeo and Juliet. Oh, perfect. My favorite. Wasn't isn't there a sequel to that coming out called Sherlock Gnomes? There that's out. Uh out. he was he was he was Charles Xavier uh in Days in the X-Men's. Perfect. So, I don't know who they'd be, but I do think they should I really if they don't get Dane DeHaan for uh that kit for Bill, I'm going to be very upset and disappointed. Yeah. I still haven't Bill actually hit- watched it yet. You know what? It good. I need to watch it. You need to. Yes, you do. Yes. There are there are a couple movies that were uh covered, I guess, on this podcast that I haven't listened to the episodes of those podcasts yet because I haven't watched the movies yet. Oh man. It, that our episode on it is like 6 months old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a mood. Time passes. That's a fact. Okay. Uh, let's see what else upcoming horror movies has to say to us. Um, doesn't look like a whole hell of a lot. Oh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom got a PG-13 rating. That's good for them. They really earned it. I think we were just about to get into the plot of the movie. Sorry for that diversion there, folks. <laughs> we watched four- 1469. Nice. Got him. Wrecked him. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so we watched 1408 starring, G- starring John, C- John Cussman. Oh, uh, don't swear. Yeah, don't, don't. <laughs> no cussing on this podcast. We have to Fuck. go back and watch a different movie because there were cusses in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and by cusses, I mean Cussman. Cussman, I like that. Yeah. John Cussman. Yeah. So this was the movie that was voted on on the Patreon poll, and it was yes, also... Yes, we put up a Patreon poll. Yeah, it was also one of the movies that I suggested for the Patreon poll, and the so reason I suggested it... I do win. I win. I win the podcast. It's my podcast now. Well, folks, it's been fun. Yes. It's my podcast, and I'm canceling it, because podcasts are too much work for me. Um... But the reason I suggested it is because I watched it when I was in high school um, for a class that I can't remember the name of, but it was relevant um, to the subject material somehow. We also read the short story it was based on, which was way, way, way shorter and can be summarized in like probably like three sentences. So I'm going to do that right now. Uh, It's a guy who's a writer who writes stories about or writes reviews of supposedly haunted places and he goes into a supposedly haunted place and the guy tells him no don't go in but he goes in anyway and the room is creepy and he gets set on fire and he escapes the room and he's like don't go in there it's haunted and that's basically it yeah that that is about it there's like an hour of fucking like so that's that's the um the short story and there were a few things about the short story that I thought were really interesting that movies can't do because, you know, the difference between the two mediums. 
and it was one line in particular where when he first enters the building, he touches the wall and it describes the wall kind of feeling like cold, clammy flesh. And there's not really a good way to kind of emulate that idea or feeling in a movie without having the character just be like, this feels like flesh. Um, maybe, well, maybe that maybe that part when he like uh, when he like um, fucking does the uh, when he like touches the bleeding wall with the big old like ass crack in it. Oh yeah, I remember that. That makes sense. But again, so let's like, talk. Let's talk about this movie. Yeah. Okay. So you already said John C- John Cussman, uh, Mike yeah. Eislin. He goes to a a, a very poorly attended. Uh, a very low attendance um, uh, book signing at like a bookstore that looks exactly like the bookstore that I that mm. was there for my college. Yeah, well, like, um, the opening scene is him going to a hotel, and the people at the hotel are like, "Don't, oh, this place is haunted," and they're like really hamming it up. And he's like, "Okay, can I have my key? Can I please have my key so I can go to my room?" Okay, and so like the opening scene is just saying like. This guy is a writer who writes about haunted places and these haunted, supposedly haunted places get, you know, more revenue because they're in the book. So people want to go to the places that were in his books that sell pretty well. Uh huh. Um, and then on the ride home, he gives the review of the place six stars, six skulls out of ten. So that's going to be our rating scale for this week. Exactly. And then he says, screw it, five skulls. Um, but then he goes to the book signing after that. Yep. Um, uh, and then he, then there's like people that are like, what's the scariest place you've ever been? Have you seen a real ghost? And then someone comes up after the book signing to give him like a book that he wrote as a young man. Uh, and then she's like, Hey, you wrote this book a long time ago. You're going to write it again. And he's like, no, nah, that me is dead. And then they're, and they're both like, and then he's, and then I assumed this character would show up again later, but she doesn't. Nope. Yeah. She's literally just there to hint at the fact that he has a tragic backstory. Yep, and he does plenty of hinting like that himself. He talks about uh, not wanting to visit a wo- some woman after the, after quote, what happened. Yeah, and his, like, he goes to New York to go to this hotel, and his agent's, like, really worried about him. He's like, you sure you want to go back to New York? And he's like, nah, it's fine, I, I got this. And it's just like, why doesn't he want to go to New York? Ooh, mysterious. Ooh, yeah, why does Tony Shalhoub is like, hey, I, I want decaf coffee because I'm a real hardboiled reporter. Yeah, so um, he goes to the beach and he gets hit by a big wave and almost drowns. And that comes up later. Yeah. So remember that. Because some big hunky beef boy walks, some big hunky beef boy who is the worst lifeguard ever. Yeah. Walks over to him and is like, you good, hey, bud? You dead? You still breathing? Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then he goes to the post office and gets a postcard that says, don't enter 1408. And he adds the digits together and that adds up to 13. And he's like, cute. Um, one of the things I like about this movie is the main character's yeah, okay, apathy towards you know everything. I thought he was just drawing like a bad emoji. Like, no. oh, that's just how bad my my brain poison is. I thought it was like the one is like the like the squinted eyes, and he's just like that's just, like his he's got like a really low eyebrow line. Yeah, and then like the three face, and then the equals because he's got both hands up instead of just mm-hmm. the one. Yeah, that's what it was. That's actually probably what it really was. Um, and then he calls the hotel, and they're like, "This room is unavailable," and he's like. 
but I didn't say what time. And then he, like, offers a whole bunch of times up to, like, next summer, and they're like, the room's unavailable. And then he's like, ooh, um, and gets a lawyer to make them let him stay at the hotel because for some reason it's illegal if they have a room open to not sell it to him. Yeah. Um, which probably isn't a real law, but maybe. Could be. Who, I'm not going to fucking look it up. I don't give enough of a shit about this movie. <laughs> nope. Um, yeah. And then he goes to the hotel and the hotel manager is like very seriously telling him not to go to 1408 because... And yeah, Samuel L. Jackson actually does. I think it's a yeah. really good performance out of him. I mean, I think he's just a phenomenal actor in pretty much everything he does. But, like, I was a little bit expecting him to phone this in a little bit. Yeah. I, I thought, like, generally the acting in this movie was pretty good, despite how cheesy it is sometimes. Yeah, no, definitely. Even, like, the bit part characters who, like, show up for, like, one scene and that's it. Like, yeah. The, 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 the I like mechanic, the mechanic. Like, this, the mechanic is so fucking he's good. He's very good. So Samuel L. Jackson gives him some $800 whiskey, and John Cusack is like, oh, I'll take that, but I'm still going to take the room. And the guy's just like, motherfucker! Yeah. He um he gives him a book that's like a log of all of the deaths that happened, um, including like all the natural deaths that weren't like covered by the news, and mm. an attempt to convince him to not enter the room because he, quote, doesn't want to clean up the mess after he probably would, like, kill himself, because that's the room, what the room does to you. Um... And he uh, then gives him the book anyway in an attempt to convince him not to enter the room by showing him all of the things uh, that happened to the people that entered the room. Um, and then, of course, he still enters the room because that's what the movie's about. Um, he also uh, mentions Mike says like something about the room having like a phantom. And the hotel manager is very adamantly like, I didn't say anything about ghosts or phantoms this is just an evil room um, <laughs> which i think it's kind of an interesting concept that the room yeah. isn't haunted it's just evil but at the same time it doesn't really add anything like there's it would basically be the same concept if the room was haunted um but nonetheless not, necess not necessarily because the room being evil does make it like you know it can yeah. like make it you know it can like can freeze him to death it can make the ocean spill out of that painting yeah um, um, but, uh, but the I Shining Hotel could also make blood pour out of a of an elevator shaft, and that's not yeah, necessarily so. a ghost related thing, even though it is yeah. a pretty solid metaphor for the genocide stuff. I think. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um. So fucking, he goes. He gets to the room and like he's like, there's some weird shit happening. He thinks someone's behind him because the the radio yeah. keeps turning on. Well, for, like, the first, like, couple of minutes, he's just like, this is it? There's a, there is a good goof where, like, when he first enters the room, really suspenseful music builds up, and the climax of that, mu of that music is his just him just going, this is it? It's just a room. It's good. I like the it. Yeah. It's uh, but goof. then, like, some spooky shit starts happening. But it's, like, little, little spooky shit of, like, you know, someone turning on the radio, some, the radio turning on, and, like, chocolates being put on his bed. Yeah. And also the heater doesn't work because he thinks there's someone in the vent mm -hmm. that's clogging it. And the and he calls a mechanic. A mechanic is just like, I'm not going to fucking step in the room. Yeah. I'm going to tell you how to fix it. You just do it and you use the mercury because they're using mercury. Yeah. Well, because they haven't replaced any of the tech in that room for however long it's been since it became evil. So it makes sense in the story, but it's still like mercury. 
Do they explain why the room is evil? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that's the mystery, is that it's just an evil room. Oh, uh, sure. Um, we all, we've all had those. Yeah. There, the, there was a, like, news article talking about the very first incident, but I don't think that there was a reason for the first incident. I think it was just, like, a scary thing happened in this room. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, um, there's the first, um, I guess motif. I don't really know if you would call it a motif, but you can hear a baby crawling through the, through the walls. Um, yeah. and at first it's just like, Oh, it's just a baby next door. But later you find out it's something else. Um, well, we it's spoil it. People, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, later you find out that it's, uh, his child from the past. Because in the rooms around him, in order to mess with him, the room is showing him scenes of, like... His past. Yeah. How he fucked shitty up. Shitty stuff in his life, basically. Today, today I fucked up. Told my dad to go eat shit. Walked yeah. out on my wife after our child died. Went to go get cigarettes. And never came back. Yeah. Um, literally. Reddit.com slash r slash T-I-F-U. Mm-hmm. The, some writer sees the 1408 and gets, like, really excited for a second before realizing it's a zero and not another eight. Oh, no. <laughs> um he goes around with a black light for a while and just sees Trying to find the cum stains. Yeah, sees all the cum stains from the people who jerked off before. Um yeah. and then all the blood stains <laughs> from them dying after doing that, because that's what happens in 1408. You jerk off and die. <laughs> do you think there's a there's a porn par- do you think there could have been like a porn parody of this called like 1609? Probably. I you know I'm not sure how that would go out, but I think it would be really conceptual, and I'd be into it. <laughs> Ghost nut. Yeah. Um, and when he turns off the black light, uh, painting is crooked, and that freaks him out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's, that's when the mechanic comes, um, but we already saw that happen. Or we yeah. already talked about that, rather. And then the yeah. room starts being more aggressive with how it fucks with him. Um, yeah, and then it's just like an hour of John Cusack getting fucked with. Like, there's a scene where he, like... I'm kind of just going to skip around this part because yeah. there's, like, there's not a lot of narrative coherence to it. Yeah. It's just like, you know, John Cusack goes out onto the balcony to try and walk to the next room because the room's driving him crazy. Yeah. And he walks the entire length and then the building, and then he's like, wait, where's the other window? And then the room, the shot pans out and like it's the entire building has only two windows and then the window's into his room. And he like screams and almost falls and probably should have fallen, frankly. Yeah. But he goes back inside. What's some other ways the room fucks with him? Um, well, that actually happens much later. But, yeah, uh, well, yeah, like I said, I'm jumping around as to how the room fucked with him. Yeah. Um, you, talked, you talked about, like, it showing him stuff, and that happens way later, too. Like, that's stuff true, past yeah. where he fucked up. Um, well, like, the first thing it starts doing is when he looks out the window, um, there's no sound in out of the window. Like, he yells, but it's, like, his just ears stop working when he looks out the window. Um, yeah, oh, and there's that scene with, like, the guy in the uh, in the apartment across the way who's just, like, literally Oh, yeah, that was a cool scene. So yeah, that's, a, that's one of the cooler scenes in this movie. He starts yelling out the window, trying to call for help, and he sees a guy from the uh, from the apartment complex from across the road, and he's like pointing to himself, like me. And then he stands up, and he starts realizing, oh, he's mimicking my movements exactly, um, and that's really cool. But then he grabs a lamp and to, so he can show his so he can shine a light on the guy because he can't really see his face and it's his face and then a scary lady comes up from behind him and kills him and then the scary lady is in his room and that kind of made it a lot more cheesy and kind of ruined the really cool aspect of what was actually already happening 
Um, and that kind of sums up the whole movie is that it's a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of really cheesy stuff kind of clashing with itself. Yeah. Um, there, there's that scene from, uh, the, from my favorite, uh, from my favorite, uh, Chronicles of Narnia book, the one with the boat. Mm-hmm. That's the name of the book. Just the one with the boat. The one with the boat and big fancy letters. Um, he watches like hologram people walk out the windows and jump out of the building. Yeah, um, and kill themselves. And, and that's it's... really cheesy and weird. Um, yep. The TV starts playing a home video of his daughter, and this is the first hint that, like, oh, dead daughter. That's the reason mm-hmm. that... That's his tragic yeah. backstory, is that his daughter died. Um, then the walls ooze black slime, um, and that's when he tries to escape out the window, but then all the other windows are gone, and then he goes back yeah. in. Um, yeah. And Sorry, I just want to give a quick to give a quick shout out to my mother on this podcast. She just brought me a one liter uh, jug of water. Sorry, uh, three quarts, three liters jug of water. Nice. Stay hydrated. I am always a thirsty bitch. Hell yeah. Um, then he sees like at this point the hotel just kind of starts like changing rooms to show him scenes of his life before. So he sees a scene of like his kid dying in the hospital. Um, <clears throat> And then the lights turn red for some reason, and he turns them back on, and he calls his ex-wife on his computer, um, but she he doesn't really get anything across. Um, he crawls through the air vents, and that's when he sees his, his past. past life again. That's where you find out where the baby crying is coming from. Um, yep. He finds a moving corpse in the air vents, and it was a pretty good moving corpse. Um, yeah. it had like a dry face and it says help me and he responds with I, I can't help you which I really appreciate because there's a lot of stuff where it's like I think that the actor does a good job of responding to things realistically and when stuff gets too weird he kind of tones it back down to just kind of like apathy of just like I can't I don't have a response to this yeah, so I'm just like, going to respond I, very normally yeah which I think he I think did John, a very good John job. Cusack is a John Cusack good actor. Yeah. Um, he sees another scene of, like, after his kid died, his wife is, he's, like, freaking out. It's like, we shouldn't have been telling her about God. We should have been trying to help her. And his wife is, now she liked the stories about God. And he's just like, God dang it, I'm mad about God. I'm going to get some cigarettes, okay? And then he leaves. And there's some really good ADR there where they just <laughs> said, like, I'm so mad. I'm going to go get some cigarettes. Yeah, it felt like in the room where... Uh, I did not hit her. I did not. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Exactly. Yeah. Um, That's a good scene in that movie. I showed Andrea the room for the first time <laughs> a couple of months ago, and she was like, what are you doing to me? God, I still haven't seen it, but I have read the book about it, The Disaster oh, Artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, in my opinion, the scene, the flower shop scene is worth watching the entire movie for, honestly. Yeah, that scene was like, the oh, hi, doggy part was improvised. <laughs> And he, he had done, yeah, he had done that scene like 50 times. And the take that they took was the part where he finally notices the dog and goes, oh, hi, doggy. Oh, hi, doggy. Yeah. Speaking of doggy, someone's barking. Yeah. In the, um, in the disaster artist book, he makes a point out of that part being like, 
a very, very fun part of making the movie. Meeting a dog? Yeah, where, like, his just response <laughs> to seeing that dog and then being like, that was a great scene. Let's use that one. It was very good. Oh, my God. Um... So, yeah, a whole bunch of shit happens in the hotel. And then yeah. the pa- a painting breaks and the water... The ocean f- comes splooshes. out of it. Yep. Oh, wait, no, sorry. We missed the part where he's frozen. Oh, yeah, so... Um, yeah, he gets... He gets well, that the, happened the, when someone the, cast uh... Someone cast Blizzara over the, over the whole place. Yeah. And... Uh, sorry, I, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts lately. <laughs> and everything freezes. And then it's like, yeah. well, well, everything okay. freezes, and then his computer turns back on because the sprinklers went on earlier to make it die. But then the computer turned back on again, and when he's talking to his wife again, telling her to call the police, a fake him takes over the computer and tells her to come to the room because you know it's the room trying to get more victims. Um, and then uh, after that, it starts like storming in the room, and the paintings become animated. Um, and it's a little cheesy again. Uh-huh. Um, and then he smashes the painting of like a ship out in the ocean in a storm, and the ocean comes out of the wall. And then he wakes up, and it's oh, and it was all a dream, and it was back yep. to when he wiped out surfing. When except, he beat, when he beefed a big one, dude. Yeah, except he wasn't even surfing; he was just like standing in the water, and he was looking. <laughs> Yeah, he was looking at the sky at a, like, a plane advertisement banner thing, and when he wakes up and he looks at it, it says 1408 at the end of it, so that's like, oh, it was all a dream, and he had a special dream about 1408 because that was the last thing he saw before he almost drowned, um, and obviously it's a fake out, and it's like, it, this movie is way longer than I remembered it, and I think it was because they were trying to make it so the fake out could be more believable, but yeah. they didn't do but, a like, good job at making no... the fake out believable. Yeah. But then it flashes back to the hotel and it's like, and then his daughter shows up and he like has a really weird reunion with her. It's, I'd say touching, but that doesn't seem yeah. like the right word for well, it. It's a huge bummer, honestly. So like, it really is. what happens is he sees his daughter and she's like, I'm cold, dad, I miss you. And I'm sad about the fact that I'm going to die. And he's like, holding her and sobbing and he's happy because he's like seeing his daughter again but then she just straight up dies in his arms and becomes a limp corpse and he's like she no. crumbles into dust yeah well like she dies in his arms first and then he's like no right. no and then she crumbles into dust and then he like goes hog wild and starts busting shit up yeah and then it like the 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 fucking the clock ticks down to yeah. zero. Like the clock that didn't go in the whole time kick, clicks down from sixty minutes to zero minutes. Yeah, and then the room resets, and yep. everything like when when he came back to the room after the uh, wipeout ended or the fake out ended, everything was all like decrepit and gray and ashy. And then when the timer reset, everything reset except he was still like Normal. laying down on the floor. Yep, and then he calls someone and they're like. You, why won't you, why am I not dead? They're like, we cannot kill you here. We, you will continue to live the last hour over and over and over and over again. Or you can use our express checkout service. And then like a noose drops down from the ceiling. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like a fuck like a fucking airbag on an airplane. Yeah, it's pretty cheesy. And then it's he just funny. he just walks around for a little bit and sees all the ways the room is offering for him to kill himself. Um, and eventually, it's just like I'm not gonna let you win, and I'm done arguing. And he throws a Molotov out of the expensive liquor that he was given by the hotel manager in the beginning. 
and then he blows up the whole thing by causing a backdraft because he breaks a window. Yeah. And then in the in the movie in the ending that we watched, he dies. Yes. So this movie has two endings, and I didn't know there, that. Until that this movie has now. four endings. Apparently four endings, but I think there's only two, and I think Wikipedia is wrong because I can't find anything about the other two. Well, they were shot. They were never, they were oh, never put, okay. put out. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, I'm really shot. curious as to what the other endings would have been then, because it seems pretty binary. Let me take a look-see while I have that here. Okay, here we go. Uh, so, um, Mike dies in the fire. Uh, the hotel manager is like, well done. And then uh, the they don't go to a funeral, but there's sounds of a funeral over establishing shots in L.A. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sam, the uh, I'm assuming, yeah, to- Sam, who was Tony Shalhoub, the journalist, reads Mike's story to uh, Mike's dad. Uh huh. Or no, sorry. Uh, Sam reads the story, and then audio comes out, and then that's the it. Okay, that made sense. Then th- sorry, <laughs> so he dies. Okay. Sam gets the recording. Sam reads, or Sam gets the book. Sam reads the recording. And it transitions to John Cusack speaking. And then mm-hmm. my, and then John Cusack's dad says, "As I was, you are; as I am, you will be." Yeah, which is weird to me. Um, a, a nice little piece of foreshadowing. Okay, by the way, you fucking liar! The one we watched was the was the third alternate ending. What? In a third alternate ending, Mike survives and moves to Los Angeles with Lily. When he plays the tape of Katie's voice from fourteen oh eight, Lily hears it and looks shocked. Okay. Mike stares at Lily strangely. That was the third alternate ending. That was the one that I watched when I watched it in high school. What the hell? That's strange. Yeah. Okay. Um, so earlier in the movie, when it was getting really hot in the room, um, he called room service for to get them to turn it down, and he said the room's on fire, and I thought that was some fun foreshadowing to the end. Um, My room's on fire. How about yours? That's the way I like it, and I never get bored. Yeah. Smash hey, mark. now, you're a ball star. That That wasn't anything. No, it wasn't. That's just kind of I try to I kind of like make words <laughs> and shit on the show, but it never really amounts to anything. And that's kind of like the charm of fear baiting. I like to think. Yeah, it's like a lot of quarter jokes. Yeah, yeah. We all are just doing our gosh darn best. Um, so the ending that we watched our first time was so he dies and there's a funeral. And the hotel manager goes to his wife, who's mourning, and Mike's wife, not the hotel manager's wife. Um, and he, like, tries to give her a box of his stuff, of Mike's stuff. And uh, Mike's manager is like, hey, back off. She's, like, mourning her dead husband. And he, and the hotel manager is like he did a good thing and he didn't die without a cause and she's just has obviously has no idea what he's talking about because she doesn't really know anything about the room at this point um but then he um the hotel manager goes back into his car and he sees a little girl in the rearview mirror going daddy um and it's like oh is that the ghost of the guys of mike's daughter and it sort of is sort of isn't um and he adjusts the rear of your mirror and then there's a spooky monster in the back oh and then he's like Damn! I, th- I think it's john i think it's john cusack's decayed corpse yeah it seems probably um and 
that's kind of it. The little girl finds his dad and it's like, oh, it wasn't a ghost. But obviously it probably was kind of a ghost because there was a ghost in the back of his seat. Um, and he listens to the... Uh, we probably should have mentioned this earlier, but he has a recorder that he carries yeah. around with him to uh, speak his book ideas and story ideas out loud. Um, yeah. And at one point... Uh, he somehow, even though he definitely wasn't recording while this happened, he recorded, um, the scene where he was hugging his, uh, dead daughter. Um, and you can hear the, you can hear the daughter speaking through the microphone, which implies that it wasn't hallucinations. It was real. It was actually happening in some alternate dimension or something, which is kind of cool. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just it. Like he hears that. It's kind of cute, actually. So, like, he the hears first the blues thing, of Colin. Yeah, the first thing he hears from the mic from the recorder is um, the guy Mike talking shit about him, basically, and he kind of smiles at it. And then he hears the um, the scene with the dead daughter, and he's like, "Oh, this is a bummer." And that's that's basically it. It just kind of ends yep. after that. Yep. So, on a scale of zero to five skulls, how many are you giving this bitch? I'm giving it probably the same as the like Rotten Tomato score, which is three point five out of five skulls. Man, that's a, that's I I got a three. I got to give a three. Um, that's that's fair. Um, I'd probably actually say three too. I have a soft spot for it. I think just because I watched it when I was younger, and it was kind of one of the first horror movies I watched. I think. Uh-huh. Um. So, like, there's a lot of stuff I like about it. And also because I don't watch that many horror movies, I don't have a huge reference. Um, mm-hmm. So, to me, this is, like, you know, decent on the scale of horror movies that I've actually seen relative yeah. to the ones I've listened to on this podcast. Yeah. Um, so, I like it. Sure. Uh, we got some questions. Yeah, we did. Um, I have never sat, uh, this one from literally a hat fairy lesbian on Tumblr. <laughs> I've never actually sat down and watched 1408 all the way through. So I always, kind of, I always assumed it was a shining style quote. The house kind of drives you nuts quote kind of thing. So my question is what Trivago score would you give for 1408? Um, I mean, I already said one star. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that means. Trivago is like Grubhub for hotels. Okay. Or not Grubhub, Yelp.com for hotels. Yeah. Um, yeah, one star, probably. <laughs> this question from the user Primordial Dream. Could you, in theory, fuck 1408, comma, the room? That is an interesting question. I think absolutely because of the part where there's that giant bleeding wall. Yes, you just stick your dick right in just that. Just stick wussy. it right in there. Um, and really, just you right, can fuck right any room. Yeah. You can fuck any room if you're dedicated, and it really depends on your definition of fucking. Like... Yeah. Fair. Is Fair. it penetration or can it just be mouth stuff? Um, so yeah. Can you, suck the, can you suck a room's dick? Um, you can suck a room's anything, but it depends on what you want to decide the dick is. Okay. Um, is this hotel more or less haunted than Shining Hotel? This one from at Sprite double underscore Pepsi on Twitter. Well, I'm going to say less because the ho- the haunt the shiny hotel was a whole hotel that was haunted this is just like a hotel room and technically this room isn't haunted it's just an evil room yeah 
And also, the stuff that's haunting the Shining Hotel is, like, multiple genocides. So that's a lot yeah. of haunted. That's, like, like, as far as we know, if something is haunting this room, it's only one very evil entity. Whereas the Shining Hotel is a lot of entities. So I yeah. would say the Shining Hotel is more haunted. Absolutely. That's it for questions. Alec, you got a recommendation? Um, yeah, probably. I sure as shit don't. <laughs> okay. Um, what, what did I do this week that I liked? Um, I fucking, I've been playing Kingdom Hearts, and you know what? The thing is that, like, Kingdom Hearts is good, actually. I, I can agree with that in spirit. I haven't like, played I'm the games a fun in a while. Time. The story, the story's kind of wacky and wild, and the voice acting ain't great, but I know it gets better. Mm-hmm. It's fun. The gameplay is actually kind of deep. It's mm-hmm. I know it's it's I know it gets deeper and I'm excited to play more of them because I got the entire I got the I got what I affectionately refer to as the big boy collection which is every game on a disc. Oh, on one good. disc. That so I'm gonna be busy for a while. Happen? How do you What's get that? every game on one disc? Every Kingdom Hearts game. How? You 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 get the big boy edition. Okay. The the Kingdom Hearts final mix 1.5 2.5 whatever the fuck it's called. Oh, that's fun. Um. We like to have fun here and play video games. I guess my recommendation will also be a video game. Um, I've been playing Minute lately, which is an indie game that came out fairly recently, um, where you die every minute, and that's the gimmick. Um, that's that's a mood. And it's a it's a Zelda like, so you go around and you collect items that let you progress to different areas in the game. It's pretty simple. Um, it's very simple, actually, and it's got a very nice art style, um, depending on who you ask. Some people might absolutely hate it. Uh, it's a binary art style, so the only colors are black and white. Um, kind of like, uh, is it the same guys who did Downwell? It is not the same guys, but it's definitely an inspired style. Um, yeah. This is made by a small group of people. The lead developer is uh, JW, or Jan William Nijam, Nijman. I don't remember. I don't know how to pronounce his last name because it's Swedish. Um, Swedish names are kind of difficult to pronounce. Uh, and he is 50% of the company Vlambeer, which made the games Nuclear oh. Throne and Ridiculous Fishing and Luftrousers. Uh, and um, Super Crate Box. Yep. And that's it. A lot of, good, lot of great games out of Vlambeer Studios. Yeah. Um, cool. He's a good so guy. We- we played a video, James. Um, Alec, where can people find you on the line? You can find me um, on Twitter at Alec214 or 214. Um, and that's. Is that it? That's, that's basically it. I don't really do much stuff artistically, but when I do or if I do start doing stuff, you'll know about it on Twitter. Um, so yeah, you can go to Twitter to look at me talk about cubes mostly cubes yay yeah love a cube um you can find me on twitter at gayest lulu or on tumblr chiesatanakas.tumblr.com and then also you can check me out on my other podcasts uh the wonder yerks and uh the eight henry kissinger's pokemon going to die wonder yerks being an animorphs podcast and henry kissinger being a leftism politics podcast uh, you can support the show at patreon.com slash fearbaiting, which I'm going to go to now so I can read off the list, the names of people who support our show, because that's a, that's a goal that, or that's a, uh, that's a, that's a reward. If you donate it five or $10 a month, Ooh, can you say my name first? Yes. Nice. Let's see. All right. 
So here are our patrons. If you donate the $10 a month, you get to make us watch a movie. You can just demand it. Uh, and that's the, that is Alec. That's me. Catherine J. Sophie and Michael Kaiser. If you donate the $5 a month, you get the shout-outs and you also get the short you also get a short message. So if you haven't sent that in, send that in. Th- thank you to Paul Bechtel and Twitter user Lauren Altergeist for supporting us at those levels. Um, yeah, if you want to support us, toss us a couple of bones, help us make our podcasts, patreon.com slash fearbaiting. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Oh, thank you as always to Seda for our incredible intro and outro music. Check them out at uh, gaygothvibes.online. And That's a great URL. I, yeah, I will be, we will see you next week. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and until then, I'm Lulu. I'm Alec. And remember... You can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone. Bye-bye.